And hello, hello. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It's the week of the Indianapolis 500. Zach here, Alex here as well as always. Hello. We both put on the same Indy 500 shirt. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then as soon as I knew it was going to happen too. Um, as yep. soon as it happened, I was like, nope, I can't do this. Because one of us has to change. <laughs> see, it, I would, it would have been fine if we didn't have a guest today. Um, we're going to have yes. Shannon McBride join us. Um, she's involved in the IndyCar industry, and um, we've seen her a lot on Twitter for things. And mm-hmm. um, we are really excited to have her on. We wanted her on for a few months, not a few months, a few weeks. Few yeah, weeks. a few months. Sure. Let's, sure. A yeah, few months. Something saying. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to have her. The, you know, it, it's a big week for IndyCar, obviously. I mean, Indy 500. Um, how was your weekend, Alex, watching qualifying? Oh, I had such a great weekend. I love IndyCar so much. I haven't had that much I mean, fun all, watching. All week. We had practice all week on Peacock, yeah, yeah. which I, none people get Peacock, but listen, the coverage there was great. Like, sometimes it got a little unprofessional, but they didn't know what to do with that time, I feel. Yeah, like, I think but it was fine. Every day we had six hours of IndyCar content on TV, like from two, I think it was Monday through Sunday. Every single day we had something to talk about and watch. Um, And Scott Dixon just dominated the week on the speed charts. I'm like, well, (laughs) there goes my Alex Pillow prediction for the poll, (laughs) but (laughs) it's going to be a Ganassi car. And lo and behold, uh, Scott Dixon did get the poll. We'll talk about more about that later, but um, then we had bump day and we had pole day. Um, I was hooked all weekend I'm long. So hooked. I haven't had that much fun watching racing in a long time. And it wasn't it was even qualifying. a race. It, was it wasn't qualifying. even a race. It was qualifying, dude. Yeah. And that goes, honestly, for Monaco qualifying, too, and mm-hmm. F1. Like, that's obviously the highlight of the Monaco weekend. And it was so good. Um, and it so had good. drama at the end with Charles wrecking and poor mm-hmm. Charles. But... And then NASCAR Coda happened, which, like, I wish it didn't happen this weekend because I honestly yeah. did not really watch the truck that race. Was, I didn't watch the Xfinity yeah. race. Like, I, I just, I was busy not the doing NASCAR it. NASCAR was, like, uh, fifth on my to-do list. Like, fifth out of five. Fifth? What else were like, you doing? Dang. Like practice, qualifying, F1. I'd rank them all differently. Oh. But, um. Yeah, I didn't really care about NASCAR. Then, like, there was a bunch of Twitter drama as usual. So I was like, I don't care. It's kind of sad because, like, this Indy 500 qualifying week has kind of set in stone that I really do not enjoy NASCAR that much Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, for real. I'm not even trying to hate on NASCAR right now. Like, I just don't enjoy it that much anymore. Yeah. And then the whole race of Coda just kind of, like, it just kind of made it clear that i just really want a simple motor race right nascar and they just um it's just so much controversy and kyle larson finished second again in a championship format that rewards winning so that's fun congrats kyle on second place again that's like 15 (laughs) playoff points he has barely missed that's so annoying that could that could easily determine him making the championship four or not easily that's a lot of points yeah it's like if he has like one like engine failure in the round of eight and then he gets two second places well it might not matter so yeah oh all right welcome back we have shannon with us um as we mentioned earlier thank you so much for joining us shannon um thanks for having me guys yeah 
So I always let guests kind of introduce themselves. So Shannon, just kind of tell us, you know, what you do for a living and, you know, who are you for anyone that doesn't know? So uh, I am IndyCar Chick on Twitter and uh, I actually have a day job. So I work for a school district during mm -hmm. the day as a transportation oh, cool. director. That's so cool. Nothing at all like racing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I used to work in IndyCar um, in PR for about eight years, uh, a little while back, but um, just kind of dabbling back in it again. And that's, I got two little ones and that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. How fun. Yeah. yeah. Which teams did you like work for? Or was it like for the whole series or who'd you work well, for? I worked for Greg Ray. And then I was with Jay Howard when he was Indy Lights and okay. when he got his Lights Championship. Um, I dabbled with Cole Carter for a little bit. Um, when Vision got started, Michael Coltmark, who is their PR guy, he is actually from my hometown. Oh, yeah. So we kind of um, did a little bit of a collab there. I didn't really officially work for Vision, but we did stuff together. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you how did you like get into the IndyCar industry, or like, and do you have any tips for people who want to get into that? So to get in? it's um, God, guys, I really just got freaking lucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> So my very first IndyCar race ever was 2000 and that was the Indy 500 in 2000. Um, and if y'all are good at math, that's the year I graduated high school. So that was my graduation present. That was the year I was so born. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Not that made I you feel old. Myself out. It was good talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh no all right oh, so um we decided like i loved it fell in love and i just decided that i wanted to go to other races and um my aunt is actually the one who kind of got me into it and we decided to go to homestead that following year um for the home opener that's where we used to do the home opener and we back in the day you could just buy pit passes i didn't have to have a team affiliate or know somebody really high up to get them um and so that's what we did. We bought pit passes and we went there and um, she was a big fan of Greg Ray. And so we were at his, literally, it's like a tent. They had tents. It was bad. But um, so we went there and we were talking and he had a PR gal by the name of Kathy. And I was just like, how do I get into this? Like, what, how do I get started? And she goes, do you live in Indy? And I said, yes. And she said, you'll be with me at the Speedway in May. Oh my God. Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she said, why don't you just come and intern with me and we'll go from there. And so I, that's wow. what I did. And so um, wow. I kind of freelanced a little bit through, through there because Greg didn't run all of the, the whole series. So I just kind of honestly, like I just bounced and just made myself a presence. And people were like, are you working for such and such? And I, if I wasn't, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm free. So they'd be like, come with me. I need your help this weekend. So that's just kind of how I did. I don't know that it's that easy now. <laughs> it's kind of a niche group now, you know, like you almost really have to know somebody to get in. And right. it's a little sad because there's a lot of really cool people out there who have a lot of really great ideas that don't get an opportunity um, to be part of it. But um, I, I honestly, I just, I just got really lucky and I've just kept my connections 
and just keep showing up and keep being places and keep talking IndyCar and you know you people notice you so it that's there's nothing I don't have anything special about it literally fell in my lap and, and that's wow. why I'm super super blessed on that that account yeah that's it sounds, awesome it sounds similar to like and for the NASCAR industry, you kind of have to live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it sounds like mm-hmm. for IndyCar, you have to live in Indianapolis. But like, kind of with, um, I guess, like the kind of the positive of this new like social media age, like YouTube is a lot more popular. And I know on the NASCAR side, a lot of people are kind of getting their way into the industry through YouTube. And I think the IndyCar side of YouTube needs a lot more people. And that's kind of related to like, an incident on twitter that we saw with like <laughs> someone told you to stay in your lane when you're literally already in the lane like, yeah, that <laughs> in the lane like <laughs> yeah that happened <laughs> uh, listen i did not when i posted my initial reaction to him i didn't i didn't intend for that to happen mm-hmm. i didn't intend for indycar Twitter to murder him, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I just feel like it's an example of like we just need more people on the IndyCar side of YouTube because there really is just one. And, and we really need people who are positive. Yes. Like yes. I know that people think that everybody just wants to hear others complain and like, oh, this is what's bad or this is what's bad. That's not going to get you or IndyCar anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Mm-hmm. We really need to focus. I listen, there's not a single series in the motorsport industry that is perfect. And I know there are things that they can do better. A hundred percent know it. I'll probably even say it, but to be the only thing that you focus on are negatives. Nobody's going to, nobody wants a part of that. Nobody wants a part of that. That's why on here on this podcast, like I, IndyCar has grown to my number one motorsport. Like I want to talk about it more. We love it. We just want to talk more and more about it. Yeah. Um, not necessarily to get like a, I don't know, like a gig or whatever, just to like push people to watch more of it. It's like yeah. most yeah. of our audience, I would say, is our NASCAR fans. So okay. it's like, hey, go watch this. This go might make you happy. Car. <laughs> so, yeah. I tell everybody, people are like, you like to watch cars go around and circle and turn left. I'm like, uh, yeah, have you ever done it? <laughs> have you seen them go 240? You know, like, just go one time. That's all I'm begging you to do. You don't even have to yes. do 500. Just find a race and go one time. And there's, if you don't fall in love with it, then you're never going to love it. It won't right. matter. Like you're just not a race fan and that's okay. Right. I guess. Um, but <laughs> 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 we can't be friends, but that's fine. <laughs> We're not going to have a lot to talk, to talk about. We're not talking anymore, but, but you know, if you want to be over there and not like racing, that's up to you. But I just, we just need to do a really good job of getting it in front of people's faces. Mm-hmm. The other thing mm-hmm. that we really uh, don't do a great job on is capitalizing on the personalities of our drivers. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we have one of the best driver rosters in the world, me, I feel like. It makes me ragey, so I'll try to control all of that. <laughs> but um, we, yes, I mean, our garages, our paddock, our pit lane is full of people who are just as actual freaking people, awesome. They're just awesome mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that that was capitalized on a whole heck of a lot more than it right. is. And I don't know why it's not. I don't know where the disconnect is. I really liked when Pinsky did the Pinsky games 
because yeah. like I had never heard of Scott McLaughlin before, mm-hmm. but then he's like, oh, I'm doing IndyCar race. And he's like my second favorite driver ever. So, like, so just like that. Was the first, was it GP weekend? Well, this weekend really was like the first weekend that I'd actually like met him at him. Mm-hmm. The most calm, cool, collected, down to earth, like, hey, what's up? I mean, he's just <laughs> awesome. You know, and there, I know in the past we've had some drivers who, um don't appreciate the fandom of it all Mm -hmm. i also really think that 2020 made a huge difference in that yeah i think that they really truly understand now and see how important that is and see what they what fans really bring to the atmosphere of racing because you can race a car around track in silence but how much fun is that yeah Right? right right so um but yeah he was just he is he's funny he's ah he's just awesome and i, I agree with you i don't understand why the whole series doesn't do a an indie car games like i don't yes know. i would I mean, love that so much he's just oh dead funny. Doesn't, even mean to be, <laughs> doesn't even mean to be dead hinch hysterical connor mm-hmm. daly did you see connor on pit row with his freaking mm-hmm. switchblade comb that was that was funny <laughs> yeah. why do other people not see this <laughs> You know, like put this boy out there, make right. him, make him. You know, people, people just want someone to root for. You know, they want somebody that mm-hmm. they can feel like they have a little bit of a connection with, and they want to root for them. I mean, I didn't, I really care for F one until I started watching the Drive to Survive on Netflix. Ooh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's you. You learn the personalities of the drivers, and then the racing is secondary. For people who aren't racing fans, mm-hmm. racing is secondary. They just want somebody to cheer for. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to give them that. You know, so, you mentioned uh, engaging with the driver with the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Joseph Newgarden, my favorite driver, number one driver. My username's based off of his last name, everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, But like, I went to a race last year, first time since like 2006. Like I was a kid, didn't really appreciate it. Went to a race at... I think it was Iowa first. I uh, tweeted a selfie and like, hey, I'm at Iowa. cheering for Joseph Newgarden. Joseph liked it. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then he won the race. And I was like, that's amazing. Then I went Joseph to Gate. and Alex are besties. Yeah, he, inter- <laughs> he, we, he and I interact a lot on Twitter. <laughs> but, but then I went to Gateway, did the same thing and he retweeted it. And I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. So. And see, and it's, it's little things like that, right? Yeah. Like you didn't meet Joseph. No, I haven't. Like, like you haven't ever? <laughs> you haven't ever met Joseph? No. Not yet. I, I'd love to. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> are you, where are you guys based out of? I'm in Kansas City. I'm in Virginia. Like, basically so Richmond. This has been really great for you. Are you, are either of you planning to go to Nashville? Ooh. I could, but I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to the NDGP in the fall, maybe. Okay. Okay. Well, you let me know, and we'll see what we can do. Oh, okay, Alex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm zero promises. I will just see okay. what I can do. <laughs> I, I will planning... keep in that mind. <laughs> yeah, do do that. Twenty because... twenty, I was planning to go to the IndyCar race at Richmond, and now that's mm-hmm. gone, and I'm so upset. Especially because I want more ovals on the calendar. Like that's probably yes. my one thing with IndyCar right now that I really wish they'd capitalize on. Like get more ovals on the calendar because, mm-hmm. like. But- in fairness, it's not just an IndyCar problem. It yeah. is a mobile track problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and and that's where the disconnect is in that and and I know a lot of people are just like they just don't want them on the schedule it's not that that easy and truthfully they'd really rather have ovals on the schedule because that's what we were born to do right right um it's just financially those tracks are struggling in themselves and so they want more money well they also don't promote it very well Iowa Speedway would be a huge example yeah. of that. I mean, I drove eight hours to go to Iowa in the dead of Ju- July. Yeah. 2020, right? Like, people will go. People There's will. nothing in Iowa. There's nothing in Iowa except a racetrack. <laughs> and see, the Iowa Speedway is like 40 minutes from Des Moines. Like, in my opinion, like, they should put it closer to the people. That way you would get more casual people to show up, which would eventually, like, give more money to the Speedway. I would think at least. But, you know. Yes, yes, and no. I really think that racing makes you have to have somebody has to lead you to it, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. You don't. You're just not innately, unless you you're part of a like a racing family or you have tradition stuff like that that you just mm-hmm. keep doing as you carry on. You don't innately one day say, "I think I'm going to be a motorsports fan." Oh yeah, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so you I... have to have somebody who is like, "Let me tell you about this," or "Let me show right. you," or come do this with me. So I, I just, we just do a really bad job of that. Like why couldn't mm-hmm. IndyCar, the industry be that person? Let me show you these people. Let me show right. you. These people. I don't know. Um, on the same topic, I don't have this in our like Google doc, but it's just kind of related to this. Uh, IndyCar's marketing isn't exactly the greatest thing in the world. Um, you know, like they just kind of, have a photo and they gray out the person then they color the color blue on it that's like all the marketing you know it's what do you think about that like what could be done to improve it it's improved from last year in my opinion but you know i feel like it was the last year was a pandemic like true, true. From the pandemic good for you um i just had this conversation actually at the track with a writer and we were both like, so the marketing, <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> what marketing? I don't, I don't understand it because from my understanding, the same person who was in charge of the Penske games, putting that all together and coming up with that mm-hmm. is also the same person not in charge of the series. That could be wrong. Oh. That's just what okay. I heard. But I okay. feel like if you are part of the Penske organization, you, you should change. do better than that. You right. should do better than that. Like mm-hmm. I, I can put that together. I'm not a graphic designer, but I could mm-hmm. do that in my Canva. <laughs> I can yeah. do that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they are trying to rely on the teams more to market their own drivers and not market it as a series. Right. Um, and so the marketing as a series is uniform, right? It's all those blue pictures with the, with mm-hmm. the bladed stuff. So it's all uniform. So they can all say, this is all a car because it all looks like this. Right. Except they just did that picture. I don't know if you saw it this morning of Scott Dixon standing on a pile of ice. Did you see this? I saw that, yeah. Okay. I did not. So that's a throwback to like the 80s, 90s when the NBA stars all had like nicknames and they would take pictures of them with like whatever their nickname was associated with. Oh, so, okay. So like that's he's cool. Man. So they they literally took 20 back, 20 pound bags of ice, put it on the track and he's like 
like standing on it, you know, like one leg up. Perfect. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's do that for more than just one race. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So whoever's doing that, let's keep that up. They just don't. Like, let's keep right. this Indy 500 energy throughout the rest of the season. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Make make the month of May energy the racing, the whole gamut, right? Make it yes. April to October or whatever, September, whenever our last race is. Mm-hmm. Make it that whole season. Right. I mean. Like, I really like the, like, is it May yet campaign? But it's like, we do that for as a series. That should just be Indy, the track doing that, I feel, you know? Because that's just kind of yeah. like, yeah. You're so right. does IndyCar does IndyCar exist out of outside of May? Like it does, but do people seeing that campaign know that. I'm not for sure. The only people that I will say who have done an incredible freaking job making sure IndyCar exists outside of May is Music City GP. Yeah, oh, definitely. They've I've done a great a job. From that. Yep, huge job. There's and, and you know that race is until August, and they have been promoting the crap out of that since it was announced. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a schedule in front of me, I couldn't tell you when the other races are because you don't That's hear fair. you don't hear peep from any of the other tracks. I didn't even know there was a race in Canada. Like it got canceled. I didn't know there was a race. Oh, Toronto. Time. Yeah, I forgot Toronto. about that. <laughs> really good race too. Now, in fairness, they usually do a fairly good job, but I feel like mm-hmm. Canada's kind of just like on everything because of right. COVID. like right. everything is shut down. So all of those people who probably would have been involved in that. Mm-hmm just aren't even maybe there or working or they knew that there's not going to be a, a race so why right. promote that, you know yeah um i Makes mean you know, you know covid really put a damper on a lot of things and i think there was a lot of momentum that got shut down without no control of anybody else's right we can't we couldn't control any of that so i think we just have to find that again um but i agree with you this series as a whole um so I mean, you guys found me on Twitter, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. Did you just come across? Was it the whole? YouTube it was him. Debacle? It was him. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, then I followed you, so I'm like, oh, she's really cool, and she tweets yeah. about IndyCar, and I want more people to talk about IndyCar with. That's okay. Why? I followed you. So that's fair. So on Saturday, I easily made no less than ten posts, tagged them mm-hmm. all properly. Made sure all the drivers are tagged properly. You know, like, let's hype up with what we got qualifications, top third, you know, 10 through 30. Who's going to be in the fast nine? This is what's happening in pit lane. Not a single IndyCar entity even retweeted it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the work for you. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. Right. Right? So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Right. Their best, maybe even not even that. I don't know. See, I'm my I'm going to college to potentially try doing like a major in marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in a few years, like I'll be available. <laughs> so <laughs> I could I'll move out to Indy if they need me to. Like I'll Y'all do hit it. up Alex. <laughs> <laughs> How many more years do you graduate, son? <laughs> it's probably like two years or so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that's not long. That's not long. <laughs> yeah. You- I mean, I've got a degree in, in communications. I've got a minor in public relations. Hmm. I've got, you know, 10 plus years of experience doing all of it. A retweet doesn't hurt you. It doesn't right. any time. And it would 
help your engagement. They have zero engagement with anyone. Right. I see them retweet themselves. You know that it wasn't IndyCar, but it was IndyCar on NBC. Their like quote retweet of that one person who was being sexist or whatever. That was good. Yeah, I that was was good, I thought, but it was very good. And actually the guy who's behind that messaged me on Twitter and we talked about it, right? It's that's what we need. That's the most like likes and retweets an IndyCar related thing has gotten, I think, ever, probably in a long time, at least. In a long time. Something from a a serious standpoint, right? Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I retweet schedules and things like that, but that's boring. That's boring, Mm -hmm. yeah. About that. So, and then it's not colorful either because it's the gray, white, and that blue color. Yeah, did you see the schedules that I made for the GP? Like, I made that. I, that'd I be better. Be making <laughs> schedules for people's cell phones. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, to move on though, on your your bio on Twitter, you say that IMS makes you cry. It is the week of the Indy 500. Why does IMS make you cry? Oh my gosh, I, I can't even. Have you ever been? No. I've I've taken a tour there. I've not been to a race yet. I really, really want to. Okay. So, I was blown away when I went on a tour. So. so it started, like I said, it started back in 2000. Um, my family has been going to the race. Like my grandparents went to the race, like back, started in like 1956, maybe. Wow. Right? So we've had season tickets of some sort since 1956. That's amazing. And it started with my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles and like my great uncle. And so all of that tradition right, has now trickled itself down. And obviously those people aren't going. My grandparents are like 83 years old. They're not going to the race, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is all now trickled down. And so part of it, part of the love I have is like that family tradition part of it, right? Like we come here, this is our thing every year. This is what we do. Well, now it's, it's myself, it's my brother, it's his fiance, my cousin from California, it's my other cousin who, like, we just all get together. We just know that this is, this is our weekend. This is our time. We've deemed ourselves turn four mafia because we sit in turn <laughs> four and we just elicit chaos wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's so much history and so many memories and so many amazing people that I have made connections with that I will never, ever forget on those grounds that it's it's second to none that's awesome you can't recreate that no matter how like you've lived so much life at indianapolis motor speedway Mm -hmm. i i mean literally my other than like the birth of my kids which whatever (laughs) 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 that's funny i'm serious my most favorite memories are at ims i mean Mm. You know, I, I was working there when it was Dan Malden's rookie year, right? Wow. Like Dan and I were rookies together and he and I just kind of, you know, we pass each other and be like, Hey, Hey. And then the more you work, the more people you meet. And, you know, I met Susie and I saw so many connections from so many years ago. And that's the one thing that like brings everybody together, right? Like and I feel like it's a really small niche of people who, who can mm-hmm. understand that, but the people who understand it, you never lose it. It's never gone. And that just is, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just something special. It really is. 
That's it's so, so unexplainable. And I don't think people like NASCAR understand that, right? I just don't think they don't that it's that way. I just think that if you love IndyCar, then you love IndyCar and you love IndyCar mm-hmm. forever, even through all the bad crap that happens. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like NASCAR's comparison be like Daytona, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. But I still probably. don't think it compares to Indy. It doesn't. Because there's not Daytona Speedway itself. I mean, right? It's truthfully, I don't want to drag about it, but it doesn't have the history that IMS does. It's not right. been around you know, since 1911, you don't yeah. have, you don't have the history of how that formed. You don't have the history of like, you know, not racing during World War II and like coming back to that and almost losing the Speedway altogether before the Holmans right. came in and saved the world, you know, like <laughs> you just don't have that with other tracks. And that's just, that's, that's what makes it so special. And the tradition has stayed right. really strong at yeah. Indy, like the fastest 33 cars and that's it like no gimmicks no charters no like changing the format like it's it stayed you know mostly consistent besides you know little ceremonies are all the same right you you know that it's going to be back home and again in indiana you know you're going to your tap you know you're going to see the balloons you know you're going to watch the drivers drive around in the trucks before they all you know all of those things there's so much change that happens to people every single day that's the one consistent thing of people's year, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you go to the 500, you're going to do all of these things. You're going to have this tradition with your family. You're going to walk to your seat. You're going to sit down and you're going to watch all of this happen. I mean, I've been, this will be my 21st year and I literally cry every single time. Every wow. time. It, do, it, it never fails. Back home again mm-hmm. in Indiana, tears, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, do you have a prediction for the 500 this weekend on who you think could win the race or just in general? Do you want who could win the race or who I desperately want from the bottom of my heart to win the race? Let's get them both. Let's get them all. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get them both. Let's get them both. I really, really, <laughs> really, really would love to see Rossi win another one. I think mm-hmm. he's had some really bad luck and not anything that has to do with anything he's really done except for that spin in St. Pete. That's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. um, I just really would I think, first of all, like how is that not the most, the biggest morale booster ever, right? Like let's win mm-hmm. a second. Um, and I just really want to see him do well. I just really do. It could be a big um, turnaround. I think, yeah, it, it absolutely could. Um, However, <laughs> I've become a really big fan of Pato. Hmm. So I wouldn't, hate it. I wouldn't hate it if he won. That'd be cool. a big deal. Yeah. Obviously, Scott Dixon, I mean, you know, like really, mm-hmm. he could win it. It's his delusion. Whenever. <laughs> Whenever, right? Like, or, or it's so hard. It is it's so hard. hard for me to say, I want this person to win because they're all so great. They're all mm-hmm. so great personality wise right like it's hard to pick a favorite driver when you like all of them right i know so many exactly. people like that they have so many favorite drivers yeah everyone pick. was like who's your favorite and i was like oh, i can give you top <laughs> 10 and they're like there's 25 of them i'm like hey, i know <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky you're getting 10 <laughs> you're lucky i'm yeah. not giving you 23 <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah so um i would love to see rossi 
deep deep mm. down, I'd love to see Rossi win. I will would be happy with an award win. Mm. But I'd be happy with a lot of wins. So I mean honestly, I'm really bad. Right. I'm really bad at picking things. <laughs> I told myself if Joseph wins, I'm probably gonna start bawling. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah right like he's done all the things except for this and it's like, yeah this oh. is yep. the one thing left and it's just like i have this anxiety that he's never gonna do it for some he's reason it's <laughs> like what dixon only has one 500 one doesn't he it's yeah. like and that's scott dixon he only has one one isn't that that's crazy that is so insane. insane because you would think that he would have won seven by now like it's just right he's so good but it doesn't matter because Truthfully, and I truly believe this, and I know people think it's stupid, but like the track picks, picks this winner. It really does. Right. Like there's no way you can go in and legitimately say this person is going to win this race. That's right. It. You have no idea. Hell. You know, on, on NBC, they were like, does this track owe you something? They're like, no, this track doesn't owe me anything. It's like the respect for this track. You got to respect it. it. You, it's unparalleled. It really like, this is. This track is crazy. It really, really is. And and again, I that's also one of my most favorite things about our set of drivers is that they all know that. Nobody right. takes for granted their ability to, to race in the Indianapolis 500. Not a single one of them. Mm-hmm. They're all incredibly thankful to be there. And I think that just, again, shows the kind of people that we have in our series. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's about all we have uh zach do you have anything else i to- don't i just wanted to say like that's the perfect kind of hype hype up and kind yes. of respect to everyone has now gained for the indy 500 coming this weekend yeah. thank you so much shannon for everything yeah, thank you so much this was so fun yeah i appreciate it so much <laughs> let me know where it goes <laughs> all right i y'all will can- be messaging you about joseph <laughs> <laughs> Alice is going to get that. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. I'm going to put Shannon's um, Twitter in the uh, the description. So check that out. Um, Thank you so much. I don't know why I pointed. They can't see this. They can't see you. It's cool. They can't see. All right, y'all. Thank you so much, Shannon. Um, All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Bye. That was fun. Um, Sorry. I... Every time we record, fun. Zoom starts talking to us. So now I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like we have a secret fourth or third, fourth, depending on when we have yeah. a guest member of the podcast. Um, but that was so that fun. That was so much fun. I can tell Shannon really enjoys talking about IndyCar. Like, she, mm-hmm. she's so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And you are too, Alex. Um, yeah, thank you, Shannon. Oh, I'm very passionate about it. Passionate IndyCar. about meeting Joseph <laughs> Newgarden. Um, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> she was like shocked i hadn't met him yet i guess it just yeah. has like my whole branding and like, we haven't met like girl that'd be my profile picture everywhere on the planet everywhere Earth. everywhere god joseph <laughs> um, would be so sweet no. too like i could no, imagine you ask him no. for a picture he's like oh of course yeah exactly i'd be like, I'd be like um thank you mr new guy <laughs> <laughs> um but no shannon if you're listening thank you so much for coming on yes, thank that, you so much that was great um i was kind of speechless after we stopped recording i was like that was so much fun mm-hmm. uh her energy and just like you know every, what's the word i'm looking for like just support for indycar her love for indycar passion that's the word passion 
is just so like it consumed with me i'm like oh my god we are on the same page here uh it was that was so fun what and then you we still have the... you're trying to think of you're i think you're trying to say like you're I said passionate like it's passionate yes yes um, you're right never mind but uh <laughs> but we still have the big race this week and it's like qualifying Qualifying like, is was, a race in itself, for dude. I was so happy with qualifying. Like I had such a blast watching that practice the, the whole drama. week. The drama. The highlight of qualifying for me was anything, anytime willpower was on track. I know, right? I was memeing the hell out of that on Twitter. I was like, Roger Pensky is running to Willpower's pit stall right now to figure out what is going on. And they barely got it figured out, apparently. <laughs> Oh my God! I will well, never. Let's, let's talk about it. So, Team Pinsky, uh, where were they? They, I mean, no speed there. I guess they like never qualified good. But, but damn, they, they did get uh, the pole with Paginot in just two years ago, twenty nineteen. But and did they won his with teammates kind of slow in qualifying? Or am in twenty nineteen, I. 2019, I don't remember. Let me look but, um, yeah, like, I remember mentioning on the podcast last week, like, Team Penske, they're slow in qualifying last year. They're not going to be good this year either. I didn't think it'd be this bad. Yeah. I, I thought maybe, like, one of them would make the fast nine, but, like, wouldn't, like, go compete for the pole. But this was just a disaster all around for Team Penske. Then they had the fifth car that's associated with them with uh, Simona Di Silvestro barely make it in either. Um, and she 20, did, of course. In mm -hmm. 2019, all four of the Penske cars were in the first four rows. Yeah. So it's like something has happened. And I don't know if like that relates to their race pace because I don't remember last year. They weren't very... New Garden was the best on race pace last year. I yeah. Feel, he was actually like in the top five. And he's shown some good pace in practice. And even mm -hmm. the thing that really confused me, Will Power was like throughout Monday through Thursday when they were doing mm -hmm. like race trim, I assume, mm -hmm. they were like average ninth place on fastest lap. Right. Which I don't know if that means too much, but I'm like, they weren't like a 30, a 30 second pace car like right. most of the week. And then once they turned the boost on, mm -hmm. it's disaster. Yeah, like they they clearly have race pace based on what we've seen in practice. Um, it's just qualifying; it just was not there. And yeah. the problem is, like, uh, track position means so much at Indy, and with this current, uh, I don't want to say aero package, but something with the car right now is it's harder to pass at Indy than prior years. Aero package is our trigger word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Has bad vibes around that word. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. It seems like it's not bad right now. It's just like it's harder to pass. It's than harder it was to pass. A 2014, 2015, when they yeah. could just do like slingshot moves like crazy. Um, but it's like, yeah, you can have good race pace, but is Will Power going to be able to come from 32nd to the lead? Like it's possible, but I don't know how. That'd be a good story. I don't know how feasible that is, though, just because of how hard it is to come through the field right now with this aero package and the indy 500 goes yeah. by quick 
it's yeah, like it the quickest five i mean it's literally the quickest 500 mile race but it's like mm -hmm. you can tell like it just goes by really fast right so it's going to be really interesting um to see how that plays out and with mm -hmm. penske in general uh joseph joseph had good pace from what i remember during practice so hopefully he was i think joseph was p1 in one of the sessions too. yeah he was p1 in testing in april maybe that's what i'm thinking of so yeah now we just again but him he's also gonna have to come through the field he's in like the 20s isn't he i think yeah, or he's the like 23rd i think he's 20th or something I think it's like 23rd, and then... You might be right. Uh, McLaughlin's like 17th, and I think Pagano's like 27th? Pagano was really slow, too. Yeah. Um, and then Simona and Power, both also Penske cars. Mm -hmm. Simona's more of a affiliate, not exactly a hardcore Penske car. Paul Tracy was like... 32nd, 33rd. Paul Tracy mm -hmm. kept selling the fact that, like, oh, that's a Penske car! I'm, and I'm just like, mm, is it... I mean... Pens I feel like it's less Penske and more Penske affiliate. I don't know. I think it's like it was help Team Penske helped quite a lot with that car. And that's probably why they were as slow. But it's also a new team with Peretta Autosport. That's the thing, yeah. Because like so since it's like a spec it's a series, since mm -hmm. it's a spec series, it places a lot of emphasis on like personnel and just the yeah. crew. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was an all women crew, too. Mm -hmm. And that's. And that's just one of those that's things. That's history right there. It's, that's one of those things like, where it's like people that are, are not racing fans, they can look at that and then be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like an all-women team. Not just a woman driver, an all-women team. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm glad Simona made it. Um, wish oh, it wasn't too. that close, but it is I'm relieved. Is. I'm relieved Simona and Pred Autosport made this race because there's so much. Effort. Like, of course, with the Kimball ride and the uh, Top Gun racing. A lot of effort went into those rides too, but this ride of Peretta Autosport, uh, Beth Peretta, she put in so much of her life and time into making this happen. It's a dream of hers to make this, so um, I was I was like my feel-good story, I feel. Like, if I had to pick between Simona and Power to make it, I would pick Simona. Like, if, if, if they were to be like, Alex, you get to pick who's in, I would pick Simona. Just because Girl. of all. I'm gonna be real with you. I wanted Willpower to miss the race just for the drama. You did. You were texting me like he's gonna miss the race. I wanted him to miss that race so bad just to see Twitter blow up. I really yeah. did. I'm sorry. I'm chaotic. I really just I because I remember Fernando mm -hmm. missing, and I was just like, damn. That and that's when uh, you just knew it was a big deal. Well, let's talk about the last row showdown when Power went out for his run. Um, and he hit the wall. If Will would have got off the gas, I think he would have actually missed the race. I think it was that it was that close. Like that's how fluctuating the speed can be. But he hit the wall and did not let go. And that alone that's crazy. Kept him in the race. The respect I have for incredible. these drivers to hold it wide open. Going 230. 230. Like you can barely even conceive 200 miles per hour just as a person. As a racing mm -hmm. fan, we kind of understand that because, like, NASCAR tops at, like, 200. Mm -hmm. But then when you think of, like, 230, that is completely inconceivable to most well, racing fans. Look at the booth. They were like, oh, if you don't hit 237 on the straightaway, it ain't going to be fast enough. It's like, oh, my God. Two like, we're 237. Like, that's nuts. We're casually so just talking about... 237. Yeah. 
miles per hour. Like you had the TV booth, like, oh, it's not quite there. Meanwhile, the driver's going 235. That's not fast enough. That's crazy. That's fucking 228 insane. miles an hour was not fast enough to make the Indy 500. That's crazy. That's crazy. crazy the fastest, crazy. like, I think, you, I don't know if you saw that tweet. This was the fastest, like, qualifying field ever, like the average times yeah. um, in the Indy 500 history. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um really it's something about race cars going fast man there's just Mm -hmm. something about it and i actually kind of like how they turn up the boost for qualifying i don't know why i don't know if it's It's something nascar should look at i mean their Mm -hmm. engines work differently but like imagine going back around michigan with 900 horsepower again that'd be i mean i i do miss the nascar booth being like new track record like that exactly i think that would be cool if they did that like Mm -hmm. just let the engines be completely unrestricted like how they were built and then just go fly around Michigan again. Just Right. Oh, that shit's nice. Um, before we go to the pole run, the Fast 9, uh, I do want to say that Top Gun Racing, they kind of were like a meme this past year. Like, oh, they're just not going to show up. Oh, if they show up, they're not going to make it. They did not make it. But look, they didn't get anything for this car till April. I don't know when in April, but sometime in April. And they were only like what a mile an hour off, two miles an hour off. They basically making... caught up to the rest of the pack. And you know, like RC were... RC Enerson, I don't know much about him, but he impressed me. He they didn't wreck or anything. They they if, learned. If Will if Will Power, let's say, hit the wall and then let up, then let's say someone else had an issue, they would have been in the five hundred. All right. it took was two small things and they would have been in. Um or maybe three, I guess, because he was below Kimball. But it they did an incredible job, and I hope that team is proud of what they did, because I couldn't imagine. They did all this in a month, like a month and a half, maybe. Um, I hope they come back next year. Yeah, I mean, they were like... They were, kind of a, they were kind of a laughing stock for a while, it seemed, from what I saw, at least. And then, like, that ain't fair. I didn't even I mean, hear about them. Till, it, like... was kind of more on the, it was kind of more on the Reddit, I feel. Oh. So... <sighs> yeah, I mean, they were, like, in practice, I remember seeing them. They were like a few miles per hour off the pace, and mm-hmm. they caught up to the rest of the pack. And I think that's again, that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. So and I think they... it says a lot. It says a lot about RC Enerson, what kind of driver he is, too, to be able mm-hmm. to adapt with a new team like this. Yep. Um, they didn't make it, of course, but like this is still something they can carry on over the next year. I feel Ooh, they tried. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to yawn. Um. Yeah, Harley Kimball missing kind of sucks. I think that was really a disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. They were decently competitive. And, yeah. mm-hmm. But I mean... Did... So the day before, they won a qualifying. Uh, Dalton Kellett made it in on the last oh, spot. Oh god, this shit. So um, I feel like this is kind of the same stuff as the Daytona 500 qualifying where everyone kind of over-exaggerated it. Um, in my opinion, it could be more simple. I said this for Daytona qualifying too. It, it can be more simplified, but we don't need to scrap the whole thing. Everyone needs to calm down. Calm down. <laughs> That's just how the rule is. Um, but look, they found a loophole. They looked at the rules. They knew the rules, and they found it, and they did it. That's on IndyCar for not knowing that, but that I. That's I don't blame them for doing what they did. So what Dalton Kellett did is yeah, they let's knew, explain it. The top 30 
your your lap is not counted. It is non-existent. It doesn't exist. Kevin Lee was like, your lap doesn't exist. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you qualify 31st, 32nd, 33rd, etc., your lap does not exist. Dalton Kellett's lap existed because he qualified 30th, right? So what he did is he went back out, right? It was and, like right after Will Power, too. Yes, yes. So he went back out. He has a lap that exists. Will Power does not have a lap that exists. Because he right? went slower than what Dalton Kellett's original time was. Yes. So Kellett went out and he goes, it, sure, it was slower than Will Power's lap that he ran, but Power's lap did not exist. Because still. he didn't make it into the, the field. Correct. Correct. It is weird and it, it should be adjusted. So, like, it, that just maybe count 31st through and lower just to prevent this loophole. Yeah, I don't but know what how they, I feel about it. But what they did was, by Kellett running, it basically prevented Power from being able to make another run by going out basically. there with another lap, yeah. another session. Yeah. Um, that's really smart. It kept him in the field. And I don't know why anyone would be mad at him for that or them, because they there's a loophole. It's so. like being mad at uh, someone at Daytona. Not Maybe Cindric. yeah. People were mad I at I think Cindric. it was Cindric. It's like, guys, it, it's in the rules, and they followed him. So, and it's on the series to, and, and I don't think any indicator did nothing wrong here with the, how the rules are. I mean, it's been the rule for like ever. So and it should just be a little simplified, and it, they did simplify it the next day, where if you go out, your lap is gone. It, it your lap's counted and it's gone. If you go out again, that's more simple, and that's probably what they'll do next year, probably. So yeah, do you think they're gonna fuck with the? I feel like they have to fuck with the lanes, or else then it's like. So I, I think the know. reason they have two lanes, one lane, if you go out, um, you get to retain your previous lap time, and then the other lane was if you go out, you have to sign a contract or whatever that says you that are withdrawing from up. the. If you sign this, you are withdrawing your time from the Indy 500. You have to sign a paper. <laughs> but the thing is, Will Power going into that lane did not have a lap already filed for the Indy 500. So they don't have anything to withdraw, basically. Right. But Dalton Kellett was already in, and he had a lap that counted. So. But he kind of went like as slow as literally whatever because. Mm hmm. Because basically, when he withdrawed his time, and Jackson Todd brought up this on Twitter, there was mm -hmm. 29 cars in the Indy 500 at that moment. So yep. what if he wrecked? What happens then? I don't know. I guess. I feel like since... That's a good question. I feel like you almost have to count him in because he technically made, like, well, if he made, like, one lap, well, mm -hmm. it's a really slow four-lap average, but he did it. Or mm -hmm. did he not? Because he didn't complete the four laps. Mm-hmm. So, how does that work? Right. So, would it be like six cars going to the next day? And I, I, I don't know what they would do in that situation. I that's I think that's why they need to just kind of yeah keep every. I think everyone's time should just be kept. In my opinion, mm -hmm. I just kind of think it's right. It's just simpler. Like, it makes more sense. I I get it, and it builds drama. Um, and I I like I like how it works. It ju it just could be more simple. Yeah, you know? I like how most of the system works. Although... And I liked, how, I liked how they did it on day two, which is they kind of adjusted it to be more simple for day two. I like how they did it. I don't know if I like the last row shootout, how it was. I liked it in 2019 where each team got one shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
It's just my maybe it's because the field wasn't that competitive. Like those last five cars weren't that competitive. But yeah, I, like, I was saying, I was saying uh, Friday night, like oh, Kimball and Enerson probably won't make it. I was yeah. saying that Saturday, Friday. Yeah, I just felt like the strategy was Kimball should just wait for five minutes left, and then if he goes faster. Mm-hmm. Di Silvestro can't make it back in. Although I guess like then you risk. Okay, well now you can only make one adjustment. So, yeah. I also didn't like that they couldn't make adjustments, like you kind of mentioned there. That's kind of silly to me. Like you had, they, like what to, can they do? You had to guarantee that you're going to go back out to make an adjustment, right. which was mm-hmm. that's why at that point I was just like, right. can we just do one lap shootout? Like just get mm-hmm. it over with because basically we just wasted like an hour when. Char- and then they, they also just sat there for like 30 minutes, which yeah. was kind of dumb too. So, so I'd rather just like, just do one chance. And I think honestly, that kind of, dra- that makes the top 30 more dramatic. Like, okay, if you miss this, now you only have one mm-hmm. shot to try and do it. Right. Like, it's like punishment. It's like punishment if you don't make the top 30. Right. So, that's my opinion. And then like, um, and it, it also works how the fast nine works. You get one shot. Right. So, um, to talk about the fast nine, um, I Ed picked, Carpenter, man. I picked Alex Pillow for pole. He ended up wrecking on one of the days. Saturday, I think it was Saturday practice. Yeah, like during then, the first session. Yeah, and oh. then uh, you picked Renus VK. Man, I knew what I was we, doing. <laughs> uh, both of our picks made the fast nine, but of course, uh, VK was faster. He did get the I point. That front we'll row, talk, man. We'll talk about our racing picks later he beat the uh, boss ed carpenter dude, man that was a good good pick vk when ed carpenter went out holy that was a moment he mm-hmm. was the moment uh, ed carpenter is the moment like, now, come on now <laughs> i was so impressed with him i love him mm-hmm. so much i forgot how much i loved him probably because he races like twice a year but right i oh, wow that was amazing so scott dixon won the pole for the Indy 500, this yeah. was kind of kind of felt obvious eventually when they started doing practice more and more. Dixon was at the top for quality runs. Um, I was like, it's either gonna be Ganassi or Carpenter car that's gonna get it. So I was like, well, one of us is probably gonna make the fast nine. We both did for our picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Dixon just seems unstoppable in qualifying. But then we saw last year Marco Andretti, same situation as Dixon last year, was top of the charts, quality every run. Got to the race, he didn't lead a lap. Do I think that's gonna happen with Scott Dixon? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Scott Dixon is Scott Dixon. Because Dixon happen. is fast. I mean, Dixon qualified yeah. second last year and then finished Dominated second. the race, yeah. So, um, but you know, things like that, things like that can happen. Qualifying to race sometimes it just doesn't translate right. But I, it's Scott Dixon and Ganassi. They're they're going to be competitive. They're they're probably the favorite for the race, in all honesty. But um, any other thoughts about qualifying? For the Indy 500. Um, I uh, we mentioned it earlier, but yeah, best. Mm-hmm. To, I haven't enjoyed racing in that in a long time, mm-hmm. like that. I just haven't. Like when Will Power scraped the wall, I was like, I just got back from grocery shopping with my mom, and I was unloading groceries. As soon as Will Power mm-hmm. like had that run, I ran outside. I was like, Mom, you gotta <laughs> listen to this. Yeah, get this, like. <laughs> That, it was crazy, man. Yeah, that that lap is what got him into the that by not letting off the gas is what got him in. That's insane. It's crazy. 
Um, well, if you have nothing else to talk about for IndyCar, we will talk about IndyCar later with our race picks because biggest race in the world is this weekend. A lot to talk about there. But we did have some other stuff. It is motorsports Christmas season. Um, Formula One was at Monaco. Uh, not the best race. As it um, would be. Max Verstappen won. That was your pick. I picked uh, in him preseason. Back in, yep, preseason. I picked him. I'm 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 on a roll this week. <laughs> I picked Hamilton. Uh, no points for that for racing picks. I thought about it, but then I like, know. well, we don't have we an F1 about series. I also don't yeah. play F1 fantasy. <laughs> You're in the F1 fantasy. I don't play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I play I played it for the first two weeks, and now I keep forgetting about it. So, no point now. Sorry, Jackson. I think. I think I had Charles in my lineup too, so I'm probably fucked. God, anyway, that's so fucking heartbreaking, dude. Um, but yeah, Charles qualified on pole, and then they had to change the gearbox, even though they said there wrecked. wasn't an issue. Yeah, because he wrecked yeah, yeah. in qualifying, and people are like, "Oh, he did that on purpose." No, the fuck he didn't. You do not throw an F1 car into the fucking wall, dude. Right, and it they the gearbox wasn't working on their like warm up lap or whatever. Um. So, because if they Charles would have fixed did it, not even start the race, yeah. Because if they would have fixed it like the night before, they would have started in the back, which you know, yeah. it's fucking Monaco. Honestly, I think they did the right thing mm-hmm. because it's like you don't give up, um, you don't give up the pole position at Monaco. Because if you and start, I understand the... that because you can't pass at Monaco. Well, it might have been a five place grid penalty actually, but even I think then, it was five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even then, though, mm-hmm. it's Monaco, man. It's I get it. Yeah, it's a risk they had to take. Yeah, I get it's, it. It's just unfortunate too, though. I mean, right. I don't know. Uh, and, so this is so Max Verstappen won the race. Uh, this is the first time because Lewis Hamilton finished sixth or seventh. Uh, this is the first time Verstappen has led the championship standings ever in his career. And first time Hamilton hasn't since 2019. Is that I think right? It's the first time in a long time that it hasn't been Vettel or Hamilton. Right. And then Red Bull is the constructor's point leader by one point. That's insane, actually. Mm-hmm. That's why Valtteri needs to get his shit together. And if Valtteri didn't have that issue with the Although, tire... They Valtteri did Mercedes. have his shit together. Mercedes did not. <laughs> yeah. they Mercedes would have retained the constructor lead if they didn't have that issue hmm. with Valtteri. Um, what do you think? Did you have any other thoughts about this race? Because nothing really happened in my mind. It's the broadcast wasn't good either, which is not F1's fault. They had like local Monaco people or whatever. It confirmed apparently my theory of that motorsport schedules need diversity Mm -hmm. because Mercedes was off the pace the entire weekend, Mm -hmm. which is insane to think about. Um, because Monaco is just a different type of track. It requires mm-hmm. different things out of your F1 car. It's also a driver's track. Like the parody we saw over the weekend was unmatched by any other F1 race we normally get. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, the race was boring. But the championship implications of that yes. race, because it's so different, because, you know, Lewis Hamilton was struggling at that track on that weekend. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't bad luck. He just sucked. He sucked that weekend. Mm-hmm. Now the championship is so much more interesting. Whereas, 
in NASCAR, if we have the Coca-Cola 600 this weekend and it's fucking a boring race because no one can pass, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Right. Nothing. Okay, Martin Truex just got five more playoff points. Cool. I don't give a fuck. So, yeah, every race matters in Formula One and IndyCar. Like, you can... You can have a shitty race like we had at Monaco, but yeah. it still matters. It's like look, this could be the turning point for the championship. Everyone is like, talking about is, the championship now. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a good race with like little championship implications, and then you can have a bad race with like the championship just got flipped on its fucking side. Yeah. But that's boring because, you know, Jeff Gordon one time had a 100-point lead going into the finale, and I'm just a little baby, and I have an attention span of three seconds. So let's Horse. talk about NASCAR before we're talking about NASCAR to kind of transition to that. I hope Denny Hamlin does not win a race but wins a championship. Please. Because Hamlin's been the best driver this year if in Hamlin NASCAR. If Hamlin does, I got to meet him. But... I got to shake his hand. <laughs> um, but, like winning okay well let's talk about the nascar race because you have you've been telling me kyle larson's finished second multiple times now hasn't been three straight weeks it might be darlington dover coda didn't he finish second at kansas too no 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 no, he had that issue at kansas but he dominated kansas he dominated kansas jesus fucking christ dude i can't so (laughs) so look at kyle larson is probably the best driver in nascar right now i would say he and Hamlin are probably the top two, like in terms of like consistency. Um, um, so Zach distracted me by making a facial expression. They're and my favorite two drivers. Anyway, I've picked um, good ones, man. <laughs> so I'm built different. Kyle Larson finishes second again. This championship winning means more than anything, but his consistency is not necessarily rewarded. So. He could miss a round, like the round of four, the championship round, if he's like 15 points short because he's already lost these yeah. three wins. But if it weren't like that, these second place finishes would still matter. Because he got yeah. second, doesn't really matter. It was, yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at the last three races, he's gotten the most points, I, I imagine. So. I'm just over it, man. I just want to... Also, just in general, this whole NASCAR weekend just kind of made it clear to me. I just want a simple motor race. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, it shouldn't... Like, IndyCar is just so good that I guess it's different, but qualifying shouldn't be better than a race, you know? Like, maybe it's because it's the Indy 500, but I watch all the IndyCar qualifying, and I'm still, like, more intrigued by it. You mean, NASCAR like, Indy 500 races. qualifying being better than the NASCAR races? Yeah, Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it is just, you know, it could just be because it's the Indy 500, but also it's, mm-hmm. like, Monaco qualifying was pretty good, too. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't really watch the truck race. Um, I didn't watch the truck race, either. Apparently, it was good, but I didn't watch it. There were some good battles, I, I do admit. Um, Andy Lally was good on the broadcast. I didn't watch the Xfinity race. because, Well, again, though, it's just like I don't really enjoy the lower series races anymore and even the cup mm-hmm. races because, honestly, stages, there's no reason to watch stage one and two. Right. I've lost interest in it. I just can't find a reason to watch that part of the race. Right. It's well, let's talk, about, let's talk about Coda really briefly. Uh, Chase Elliott won. It was rain short and... Um, I didn't really care about it. Um, Twitter it's did. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch <laughs> because of our podcast picks. 
I was rooting for Joey Logano. I'm like, oh, he's right behind Chase because you picked Chase. Right. I was getting into it. I was, getting, I was into getting into it. I was like, come on, Chase. Come on, Daddy. Let's go. <laughs> and um, I thought then Joey got around Chase for a bit. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I was like, Fuck but then man. hit stops and Chase got 10 seconds ahead of Joey. I don't know what happened there. But um, I think he did the undercut. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase did an undercut. That's right. Then Joey pitted it like six laps later or something. Um, this race, like NASCAR tried racing in the rain. Uh, they have what seven road courses on the schedule now? Yeah. Um, they were not prepared for an actual rain race. I'm glad they did. It was good when it wasn't uh, hydroplaning and they couldn't see. Yeah, it was mainly um, the visibility. Yeah. I feel like most um, of the drivers had control of the cars. Like, I well, don't Kurt know. Busch was hydroplaning when he, like, nearly took out Kyle Busch and someone else. When he, Wait, like, really? Forward. That's, he, that's what he said. Oh, yeah. I thought his brakes lost. Oh, I didn't even realize. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> um, and I think Kyle Busch said at one point he did, too. But, um, I don't know. I think like, that's an issue of, like, there was too much rain. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell on TV. I was like, eh, it's not that bad. But I yeah, think it really yeah. was just too much rain. Which... See, I, I was flipping between IndyCar Fast 9 and NAS- the NASCAR race back and forth. So I would flip over to NASCAR. I'm like, oh, it's not raining that bad. I flip it back over to IndyCar and I see Kevin Harvick's like, this is the most dangerous thing I've ever done. It's unsafe. So I said on Twitter and I deleted it. I was like, if it's so unsafe, why don't you just retire? I didn't realize. <laughs> Alex, damn. I didn't. I didn't realize how bad the visibility was. Jesus Christ. Well, Harvick you murdered always, him. Harvick's always bitching about something when he ain't winning. So I'm like, shut the fuck up. But listen, oh I, my God. But I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. So I took back what I said. Okay. Well, the Twitter mob <laughs> attacked you. Jesus Christ. Well, actually, they didn't. I had people liking it, but I was like, I don't agree with what I all said. All the now. Twitter professionals, all the experts on went to Twitter Sunday. <laughs> but. I was just annoyed. It's like, oh my god, I get it. You're not winning. Like, stop. You, wah, you said this, about the, you said this about the dirt race too. How unsafe it was. Like, stop. I get it. But anyway, um, that's funny. So yeah, I deleted that tweet because then the Truex wreck happened. They couldn't see shit, and they did an onboard. I, I hate onboard cameras. This one's actually good as a replay. Uh, it was on Cole Custer's car. He couldn't see shit, so he's just going full speed. He runs right in the back of Truex. They couldn't see anything. This was they should have stopped the race. Like that point, I was like, "Oh shit, this is actually really dangerous and really bad." Um, yeah, that wreck was what did it for me because I was like, "No, mm-hmm. if I mean, if it happens once, it is what it is." And yeah. even then, you should be like, mm. "But when it happens the second time, absolutely the fuck not." No, right. Well, and the, the TV cameras made it look a lot better than it was. I didn't realize how bad it was till they showed the onboard of Custer. Um, running into the Truex. I didn't realize it was that bad till then. Um, and, you know, I think any other racing series would have stopped the race before this. Like, that was too much rain. That I, yeah. It, it was yeah. a lot of rain. And then you, then you had people on Twitter saying, oh, NASCAR should never run in the rain again. It's like, you people take this way too Jeff far. Jeff Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff Buck has been making me mad lately. He's had some bad takes, but he he's can had a lot of bad time. takes, bro. But like, girl, well, just worry about making that athletic money. I, I'm not trying to talk shit. I'm just a little frustrated with Jeff Gluck. 
because his poll is the result of a lot of things that I do not like about the research. Well, I said it last week that that poll just kind of causes unnecessary problems, I feel. I just don't vote on them anymore because I couldn't even decide if Coda was actually a race or not. So I didn't vote on it. I was like, I have no opinion. I was watching IndyCar for half of it. I enjoyed some of the racing, but it wasn't really a race. So I really... I enjoyed it when it wasn't downpouring. Like after they got the track dried a little bit and everything. And stage one was good, I think. Um, I didn't really watch it, so. <laughs> so after they dried the track a bit, yeah, and they and they did that. The racing was really good. Like the battle between Joey and Chase for a bit. That was really fun. Um, I was really liking it, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." NASCAR is actually in the rain, and we have strategy. Like, these guys might not make it to the end of the race. Like, when do we get this in a NASCAR race? Never. So, I was I was loving it. But then, you know, Kurt Busch went both sailing off the track. And I'm like, okay, it's starting to get pretty bad. Um, the NASCAR's in the position where you're going to have people saying they're going to rig the race if they call it. It's like, no, they would have called this a long time ago. Um, NASCAR did the right thing by calling the race short. They didn't do it because Chase Elliott was in front. That's conspiracy theorists crap um i don't know zach did you were you okay with them calling the race when they did i think they did the perfect time i just had trouble knowing if it really was too much rain the tv didn't show it like that's not the tv's fault either it's just they make it look a lot brighter than it actually is i think honestly i mean we we've seen nascar rain races all the time and it's fine well, I think like, that Xfinity race on the Roval was a bit too much. It, yeah. Like, it, it was fun to watch, but it was probably dangerous. And Coda, they go up and down these hills, and they have don't, don't they don't have good drainage there, apparently. I read an article about that. Yeah. Apparently, it. it's like a notorious on the F1 calendar for not having good drainage. Right. So, I was like, I get it. But then you had, you know, Jeff Gluck's tweet saying, oh, we're never going to run race rain races again it's like what are you talking about that's fucking like there's been plenty of i mean remember at the roval last year when the race Mm -hmm. started in the wet for the cup series like Mm -hmm. and then some of the xfinity race was fine at the roval Mm -hmm. and then the trucks at coda was fine Mm -hmm. like i shut up (laughs) like Um, you're doing nothing to help this situation nascar did say that they are going to work on improving when they throw cautions during the rain races and stuff they need to be more prepared they should have prepared more before this yeah like a, a lot the tail more. lights the little beady yeah. tail lights inside See, the fogged window mm, nascar yeah, that doesn't work nascar kind of shoots itself in the foot all the damn time it's like there's always some sort of controversy every week whether it's the aero package the playoffs stages and now we have a rain race that's a cl- a circus for a lot of it and it's like can we just prepare for one week for everything to go according to plan like i'm i'm hopeful that they will are honest in their word and that is road america the next road race i'm hoping that'll actually be better or sonoma is but it's not gonna rain there Ooh, yeah it's sonoma but you know road america is the next new one uh i'm very worried about that race they need local yellows so bad so bad because coda the cautions the cautions were so long oh my god then you have the stage cautions which take 
even longer. It's like two of they there were two runs at Indy by the time the stage caution yeah. was over. I was just like, girl. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I I don't know. It was just frustrating. I wasn't that into it. And then Twitter was all on fire as usual. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I like NASCAR needs to just get their shit together and put it. And you know, where we get the best stuff is, is are the short tracks that are not dirt, like are prepped well. And then I would say like early the season, like Homestead was a lot of fun. And then you had Las Vegas was pretty good, you know, but it's just not, yeah, Martinsville. Like there's just not a whole bunch of baggage. It's packed every single week. That's the problem with NASCAR right now. There's just too much. And a lot of it is just initiated by themselves. Like Kansas was the tire thing. Remember? Yeah, the tire thing at Kansas. The it's a fucking tire something. thing. Because NASCAR doesn't know how to have a simple motor race. Jesus Christ. It's, it's always something. And that's always why it's so something. hard. I'm like starting but, to enjoy it less and less. But yeah, that's why IndyCar, with our interview with Shannon earlier... Like you, you probably heard my passion coming out and it's a happiness to talk about IndyCar because it's like they actually think things through. And sometimes it takes a little bit, and that's okay. NASCAR can take their time to come up with something, but they like they should they be keep, putting the lives of the drivers on the line. They keep showing up to races unprepared. I said that after the Bristol yeah. race, and I think it's less it's less at this Coda rain race, but I think it mm-hmm. still kind of showed that they weren't fully ready for a rain race these cars weren't fully ready for a rain race even if it was too much rain i just i don't know that it it just feels like they're never prepared yeah and i'm just like if you're not prepared for the safety of your drivers or for the entertainment of the fans because i don't want to watch your fucking science experiment just because you have the playoffs doesn't mean you can fuck around during the regular season right because i'll just stop watching your races well I'm getting to I don't the have point. Any, I don't have anything else to say about this NASCAR thing. We kind of talked more than I kind of wanted to. I was just yeah. like, this is, it's just silly at this point. You know? It's silly. Like, I may, I, I need to just not look at Twitter as much during races because it just makes me upset because everyone's always fighting with each other. It's like, yeah. this, what are y'all doing? See, they're not it's, actually watching the race, they're fighting on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I make and jokes. I, I, <laughs> I love I love being on Twitter during a race when I'm just making jokes mm-hmm. about everything. That's just so funny. Well, Zach, we are going to everyone's favorite race, the Coca-Cola 600. Yes! Yeah, that's the highlight of the weekend, bro. The Coca-Cola 600 <laughs> with our um, big ass blades. Woo! Big um, ass bl- and then don't remember, don't or don't remember. Yeah, don't remember. Don't forget lap 200 <laughs> our troops. Oh, we got to salute our troops. Salute We're going to stop troops. the race. I'll be taking a bathroom break when that, ha- when that happens. Um, I'm going to be blasting Born This Way by Lady Gaga. or something. Oh, yeah. The know. national anthem, Born This Way by Lady Gaga. Yes. Exactly. Um, race picks for the Coca-Cola 600. We have a... You picked the winner, so you have taken Chase the Chase Elliott! You picked Chase Elliott. For Coda, you now have 11 points. I have nine. See, we didn't even talk yeah. about that. It's like Chase Elliott was first, but Kyle mm-hmm. Larson, my favorite driver, was chasing him. So I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. You were conflicted. I was like, if Kyle Larson beats Chase Elliott, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll lose the two points. <laughs> it's it's okay. 
That's it. You still you still got a one two your pick and your fave. So oh, I would have preferred Kyle Larson to fucking win though. I I promise. Right. Okay. All Do right. you have your pick ready? I'm for ready for it, man. You ready? All right, I'm All ready. Right. Three, two, one. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Oh, Fuck you! I'm at the run out of my house. I'm at the run out of my house into the street. Damn it! I oh, hate no. you. No, you didn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, good luck picking somebody because they're gonna have to finish first. That is man. true, Alex. I'm so disappointed. So, who the um, fuck do I pick now? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I was going to pick Larson because I'm like, no one's beating Kyle Larson. This is like the heart of the boring mile and a half tracks. Don't worry. Someone will. Someone will figure out a way. True. True. Um, now what? Okay. <laughs> now what? Fuck what are we going to do now? now? I didn't think you were going to pick <laughs> Kyle Larson, motherfucker. No, I've had, I've had Larson picked up for that for a while. Um, okay. Hold on. I'm looking. I have an idea. It could be a crackhead 600 where someone fucking crazy okay. wins. I have my pick. <clears throat> I'm getting the idea. This seems like the year we're going to get a crackhead 600 winner. You know what I mean? Austin Dillon? Like when Austin Dillon or Casey Mears. Casey or fucking, Mears. Okay. Like even the okay. year Kevin Harvick won, it's like that was a crackhead finish. Yeah. Okay. So I can I'm looking. See that. I'm just looking at the point standings. Yeah, <laughs> I have looking, my pick. I don't have my pick. I'm just like. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it was good at camp. Okay, I got my pick. It's kind okay. of dumb, though. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Take two. Three, two, one. Denny Hamlin. Tyler Reddick. Okay. Tyler Reddick. I don't like my pick, but I wasn't really sure. I, he's consistent. He'll get a good top five, top ten. I could see Denny winning. Like I could see him winning any week, honestly. It's a good pick. That's for, the thing. It's like if ahead I, of me. I feel like if he keeps winning, not winning, if mm-hmm. he keeps like Top finishing fighting. good, it'll be fine. So I picked Tyler Reddick because of the mile and a half tracks this year. Kansas especially as I saw it in person. He was like third for a lot of that. Tyler Reddick's a really fades. good pick. He kind of fades at the end of these races, right? But I feel like if Tyler Reddick can put a whole race together. They could win a lot of races. Um, and, you know, Austin Dillon won this race just a few years ago with Childress. Tyler Reddick's going to probably win a race this year, I feel like, or at least come close. So, yeah, I'm going to say Tyler Reddick gets his first win. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just picked Denny because I, I saw it in my mind that he could win. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a Hendrick win this week. We've been getting a lot of them mm-hmm. lately, but I don't think it's going to happen again. They're really good, though. They're, they're, I think they're better on the 750s. But and Kyle Bush won Kansas, too. so like JGR has their yeah. 550 shit figured out, I think. So mm-hmm. we will see. Yeah, um, yeah this will be interesting. Because also, if, if you get the point, you'll be extending your lead over me, too. And if Denny wins, JGR will join Hendrick with all four of their drivers having a win. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's interesting. The big, right. the big eight. The big eight, man. Let's go. The big eight. All right. Let's talk about the main topic of today's podcast, the Indianapolis 500, biggest race in the world. My favorite F1 race ever. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, uh, My favorite race of the year. My favorite time of the year as a race Yeah, my favorite race of the year is Indy. Um, So earlier this year, we kind of mentioned this earlier, 
I picked Joseph Newgarden to win, and then you picked Alexander Rossi. Mm-hmm. Shannon earlier also picked Alexander Rossi. Um, and also, she also mentioned Pato Award. Um, do you have a pick for the Indy 500? Because honestly, I think there's about 20 drivers that could actually win this race. I honestly, I have a few. Like, mm-hmm. there's one I'm like, yeah. And then there's like, like maybe two others that I'm like, I could see it happening. Again, I kind of go off okay. vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, as for what we're going to pick on this podcast, I think, I don't know. I'm really indecisive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking at the starting grid now. Jesus Christ. I fucking hate that <laughs> shell car, dude. I hate oh, it. The I hope he and... doesn't win. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it, man. That's quite a thing to say to a Joseph Newgarden fan. Damn. I know you think it makes me happy. <laughs> I've been watching that ugly ass car all week. I'm like, I get it. They're 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 playing the cards, mm-hmm. the black and white Penske car. It looks like the Hitachi car. Like, come on, I get it. All right, I get it. Fine, I'll play along. I take back what I said. All right. Well, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not gonna keep Rossi. That's what I'll say. Okay. Um. I have a feeling we're going to pick the same person again. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon. Okay, well, got that one out of the way. I knew knew you were going to say it. I couldn't let you take Dixon. Like, come on. I know. (laughs) Fair enough. That's why I had to think about this a little bit harder. I feel like even if Dixon doesn't win, he's going to finish second. Yeah, exactly. So. Hmm. I'm looking again. Hold on. See, it's so hard. It's really hard. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, girl. Honestly, okay, I got my pick. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. One, two, three. Green Ed VK. Carpenter. Ed Carpenter Racing. What? That Bitcoin going up, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I think I should. I'm. I gotta stick with him. I just gotta stick with him because I know he'll probably. Mm-hmm. I think he'll finish top three. You know, I think this race is going to be a huge, like, embodiment of the whole uh, veterans versus the, not rookies, but newer drivers. Yeah. Young versus old. I think you're going to see Dixon and VK and then Pato and Newgarden. And, you know, you're just going to see all these guys. And and maybe Polo. I think it's just going to be a race of the ages between the older and the younger. Um yeah, if you look at the Fast 9, it's like mm-hmm. almost evenly split between kind of veterans and then mm-hmm. the younger, newer drivers that are in like their second so Indy cool. 500. It's second so cool. or third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let's not underrate Colton Herta. I, I oh, feel like. Oh, gosh. You know, Colton would have been my third pick if you didn't pick, if you would have picked Ed. Um, Colton Herta is insane. Like, he is so I just good. I, I don't know why I just don't see it I, I don't know why it's just not I, the year I for feel him. like I feel like Colton's gonna be kind of like Joseph where he's not gonna win it for a while and you know just hasn't even won it yet but you know what I'm saying like I feel like Colton's gonna take a few years he's good enough he will win it one day yeah but yeah we both picked the ECR cars I think that's really funny that is um, fun. I know I, I again I'm just pl- VK didn't let me down at qualifying I'm gonna pick him again yeah. like <laughs> He won the NDGP. He he just qualified really mm-hmm. well. He has the momentum. I think he's confident. It'd be a good story mm-hmm. after he wrecked in testing. So I'm yeah. ready. All right. 
so the Indy 500 is this weekend on Sunday. So is the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm excited. So excited. All day of racing. I do enjoy the Coca-Cola 600. It used to be one of my favorite races. Still kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be I really liked without... it when Casey Kane was winning it all the time. Because Casey was my favorite driver as a yeah. kid. I liked it um, more without stages, yeah. of course. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I won't get over it, though. So... <laughs> All right. Go Kyle well, Larson. <laughs> yeah. Bold prediction. Kyle Larson dominates but finishes second. Yep. <laughs> again. That, and he'll like lose to like Martin Truett or another one of his teammates again because that's great. Like, yeah. you know what's annoying? So Kyle hmm. Larson missed winning Hendrick's one, two, three, four, and then he missed winning Chevy's eight hundredth win. Right. That's two milestones right there. Oh my god. A Coca-Cola 600 could make up for it. That'll yeah. be his first crown jewel win. Yeah, it would. Um, all right. So, big weekend ahead. Thank you, Shannon, for coming on. Mm-hmm. That was so fun. I'm mm-hmm. not over it. I'm going to re- I'm gonna re-listen, probably. Listen to me, I'll be all giddy over IndyCar. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you'd like to say, Zach? Um, nope. I was gonna try to come up with something witty, but I'm not. I'm probably gonna go watch indie cars make laps around the track on NASCAR Racing 2003 season. So how fun! Because I'm in an indie car mood now. So yeah, that's my fixation for the week. All right. Well, you can follow Zach at DreamyZach28. You can follow me, Alex, at, at NewGaden on Twitter. You can follow Shannon, who we had at IndyCarChick on Twitter. Follow the podcast at Gay Race Pod. I forgot what it was. Gay Racing Pod. Gay Racing Pod. On Gay Twitter. Racing Pod. Um, you can find all that below description. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, y'all we'll stay safe, enjoy the races, week. and peace out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>